Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Preferred Lines Golf Podcast. Um, joined tonight to talk a little Hero World Challenge about a special guest, an insider, uh, the course expert in terms of in-depth analysis that we all know and love, and now recently as this weekend, an in-person friend. Welcome to the show for the first time, Mr. Andy Lack. How are you, sir? I'm great. Joe, it's an honor. As you can see, I'm wearing my uh, preferred line shirt. I've been waiting for this moment for months, years even. And like I said, we got to do it again when uh, Chad's back around, but wishing him the best with the uh, with the new baby and excited to talk uh, Hero World Challenge with you today, my friend. Absolutely, man. I'm excited for it as well. I'm I'm kind of silly excited as I put on Twitter about this event. I'm looking forward to it. It's basically the only real event that we're going to get in December. And I like this event. I like the 20 man field. It's cool. But before we get to that, um, let me touch on our sponsor really quickly. Jock Market. See the promo code below. Uh, PL will get you a 50 uh, dollar deposit match on your first deposit. People, Andy, are crushing on Jock Market. It's insane. So Sunday night market, um, a friend of Rick and I's in the power hour, uh, the anonymous WW made like six grand in the Sunday night football market. Yesterday, Monday night football, he got another, like he made $16,000 in Jock Market in two slates this weekend. Um, people are crushing it. It's basically stock market DFS. You have enough shares, you can make a ton of money at it. They're still basically operating this thing at a loss every week between me and you. Hopefully, they're not watching this. <laughs> um, but it's been great. They've been a great partner of ours. We're happy to support them. Uh, but let's talk some Hero World Challenge. Before, before we do that, let's talk first about your little trip to Florida. We had a fun weekend. How was your time down here? Uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was amazing. So I just to provide a little context, I my mom had a work trip in in Florida. She works for Snapchat. So she was Snapchat was putting on this exhibition at at Art Basel and she asked me if I wanted to come and I said, "Sure, of course. I can play some golf in Florida because I'm uh you know, I'm going to be in New York for the next little bit and and not able to play as much golf." So Definitely was happy to take the invite and I kind of hit you up, not even really knowing the lay of the land down there. I knew you were close to the Honda was kind of all I knew, but, um, I, I and I thought about that cause I was thinking about driving out there from Miami to play that course myself, but I hit you up, asked it, asked if you were around, asked if you wanted to play around. And we ended up in this fantastic Sunday morning game where I'm pleased to announce that we completely cleaned up. And, uh, it was, it was a, it was clean golf, Joe. Like it was surgical. Like I, it got to a point where I started to feel bad for, did you notice after a certain point on like 13 or 14, our playing partners kind of just like stopped saying good shot because oh, yeah. it was just like, it was just like, they were kind of over us kicking their ass. So I'm happy to have made a little bit of, uh, a money with you and, and be a witness to your best round ever at the course. Correct. Yeah, tied for my lowest round ever, but this was my best round ever at the home course, which is uh, probably three or four strokes harder than the other course where I shot the previous low. So it was a ton of fun. Um, you were a, a phenomenal playing partner. I'm already starting to to look at uh, flights to get you back in here for the <laughs> member guests so we could slay that down. Uh, but no, had a ton of fun, and I'm glad you were able to join me and we were able to meet up. 
I told, because I, I don't know if you remember this, but me and Brian took on yeah. PGA Talent and our friend Jers in a little Twitter oh, yeah. match, and we did some ass kicking ourselves in that match. And I told Brian after, I was like, this partnership that we thought we were taking to, to the bank for years to come, like, I don't know, man. I, I, me and Joe might have something really special here for future matches. I, I really, it's, I'm not trying to break up the Beatles before our world tour. Like, we really caught lightning in a bottle there. So, absolutely, man. As I mentioned to you, anytime you're in New York or California, um, you're welcome at my course. And, and I, I can't wait to do it again. For sure. Any of you guys out there who want to set up a match with Andy and I, we will play for as much as you want. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, no, this is a ton of fun. Guys, if you are here joining us, thank you. We, I appreciate you. Chad, appreciate you. Um, we love you guys coming in to check out the show. Do me a favor because Twitter does this weird thing now where I can't see the comments. If you want to stop in and say anything or have any questions for Andy, pop over to um, YouTube, if you want to drop a comment or question on the Preferred Lines YouTube page, they show up in StreamYard that way. For some reason, they don't this way. But the big news, Andy, of I guess probably the last 24 hours is the first news that we've heard from the horse's mouth himself, Mr. Eldrick Woods. Uh what are your initial thoughts? Do you have you has this changed any sort of expectations for you? Are you excited? Are you a little sad about it? Where where have you kind of landed on the Tiger Woods news? Well, we had it was interesting because we did you get a chance to watch the whole Golf Digest interview too? Not the entire thing, just snippets here and there. I haven't seen it all. So. Uh- it was kind of an interesting way the whole thing came out, right? Is because the PGA tour announced that he was going to do his first yeah. press conference since the accident. And then like it w- I remember, cause I was crazy covering at work, like 40 minutes later, golf digest is like, hold my beer. We've got 40 minutes with him right now. And they <laughs> dropped that. So we we've got a, we've gotten a lot of tiger content. And I think, you know, I, I, I was never in the camp, uh, Joe, I've never been in the camp of, Tiger needs to play again. I think he's done more for the sport than anyone can ask for. That 2019 Masters win was still probably the greatest sports moment of my life. Um, The most joy I've gotten out of out of watching sports, of course, as I'm sure is the case with many people listening right now and many people that work in the golf industry. I don't have my job today for Tiger. My if it's not for Tiger, my podcast doesn't exist. If it's not for Tiger, the beatdown that we put on on Sunday morning that doesn't exist. If it's not for Tiger, he's the reason I chose golf over baseball when I was eight years old. So I, I, I am so content with Tiger just being a dad at, at this point in his life and being healthy for his kids. And what I thought was the most fun about the golf digest kind of interview was how much joy it looked like tiger was taking in talking about, uh, teaching his son. And I thought that was just phenomenal content, um, where he was talking about like, yeah, I'm I'm telling my 12 year old how you have to be 15 moves ahead on a golf course and treat it like a chessboard. I was like, this is fantastic. So I was so glad, uh, to hear that, um, he's enjoying life again and healthy and anything that we get out of him competitively on a golf course to me is bonus. Yes, I would agree wholeheartedly there. I think that, like, I kind of noticed in this latest, I guess, 
I'll call it like version four of Tiger Woods, which was this last sort of Masters win, what we saw before the accident. Um, a, a transformational like personality change where he really started to embrace other players around him. Like it wasn't that he lost the competitive edge, but it was almost like he just altered it. So like his relationship with Justin Thomas and a lot of the younger players, um, I took a lot out of that. I think that now he's kind of, like you mentioned, content in obviously what he said in, in trying to, to, you know, make a comeback. He wants to play again, um, which to me, it was interesting because in all of these sort of previous post-back surgery, he hasn't really told us much. So it left all of us talking heads to sort of set the expectation mentally and there are those of us in the camp that he'll never win again. He'll never come back. He looks horrible. He will come back. He's going to win again. But he kind of let us dictate the narrative there. And now I feel like he's been very forthright in kind of um, dictating the narrative himself and just basically saying, um, I don't have much of an expectation. This is about what my schedule is going to look like if I ever do come back. Um, and he seemed to be looking forward to that. Um, in playing some big events and continuing his relationship with a lot of the younger players on tour that look up to him and eventually like continuing on in the champions tour. And just, just like you mentioned, enjoying being a dad, enjoying being a mentor, enjoying being able to move around and play the sport that he loves still. So it was, it was phenomenal. It was great to see him. Um, he appears to be in fairly good shape. He appears to be not skipping arms day too much. He uh, couldn't stop talking about his triceps. He was like, have you guys noticed my triceps? <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was great to see Tiger. Um, I'm, I'm excited for this week, which has sort of become his one of his host events in a sense down there in Albany. I love the Bahamas. I'm fond of it. My wife and I got married there. My child was baptized like at a church and mile from this course. So I love this place. Um, I love this event, 20-man field. Give me, since I know your sort of specialty is you are probably the most in-depth and comprehensive like course analysis guy there is out there on, on this sort of golf Twitter sphere. What's your take on Albany Golf Club? What's going to indicate uh, success and, and sort of lead to, you know, in the past has been uh, – uh, something that is going to lead to success out there. So this wasn't a, as you, as you mentioned, um, this was I, Tiger's kind of taken over the whole week, um, for, for, I think a lot of us, which, you know, as he should, I mean, he's still at the center of the golf world that it, it's been interesting. I haven't really seen or heard a lot of discussion this week about the actual narratives and storylines regarding the golf tournament. Um, I, I was kind of, I was kind of looking a little bit at the course and um, I mean, it's an early, it's an Ernie Els design who we don't see a ton of on the PGA tour, but um, it's a par 72. It measures around 7,300, 300 ish yards. So that by any means now for these players is, is pretty gettable. I believe there's five par fives on this course. And I think if you look at the uh, winning scores here, it's, it's all around 17, 18, 19, 20, 22 under. So I think we can expect a resort style, um, 
birdie fest to me is when we get closer to 25 and 30, but there should be a lot of scoring opportunities. Anytime you have five par fives, there's going to be a lot of birdies to be had. It seems to me like the biggest defense of this course is the wind. Um, it's pretty wide open uh, off the tee and the greens are fairly large. Um, so if the wind's not blowing, I wouldn't be surprised to see these guys shoot some pretty low scores. But I, I think with resort courses, Joe, um, you definitely want to be looking at things like par five scoring, and you want to be looking at things like birdie or better possessions and stuff. But at the same time, this is also a week where you kind of want to throw some of your stats just a little bit out the window and pr- and take the most value that you can find. Because when when you're dealing with 20 players and 20 of the world's best players, it's a it's a coin flip with a lot of them. Right. And that's the argument that I was making with Bryson, right. Where we're both are with Brooks, where we were both on Bryson. It's like, I'm not going to lay juice on what is essentially a coin flip between two elite players. And I think that's how you kind of want to look at it this week is where can we find value since it's very slim margins between a lot of these elite guys at the top. Totally. Yeah. I think it's a guaranteed payday. It's tough to sort of analyze, motivation in reps in in practice level and really current form for a lot of these guys at this point in the year you know this this sort of end of november december is basically the de facto off season that we see in golf so um you know a lot of these players have earned a little bit of time off we don't know some of them have had children now recently so we don't really know where the current state of their game on a lot of them are at. I think on the course, you nailed it. It's going to come down to a lot of par five scoring. The wind is the defense. This is kind of strange where it's like it. this little part of Nassau is so thin, but this course really isn't ocean at all. Like there's, it's kind of inland. So it's a little bit protected um, in a sense, but it is still on a small island in the Caribbean where the wind can kick up. There's the, you mentioned the fairways are definitely on the wider side, which we see typically with resort courses, but there are like quirky spots where if you miss the fairway, you can be a hundred percent fine and you can be a hundred percent fucked in a sense where there's like these little like bushes in rock areas and like, obviously the, the, the fluffiness of sort of not the the traditional sand or kakina. It's like beach sand in some spot where we saw the infamous thing with Pat Reed. So there's awkwardness off the tee. I can remember in a couple situations where guys getting stuck like in a bush and having to come out sideways. So there's a little bit of that factor as well. Um, but I think you mentioned it. Par five scoring. Um, I expect probably around uh, roughly 18 to 20 under par. Matt in the chat here is wondering what you have for winning score and how many shots does Webb Simpson win by, which is an interesting take. Where do you sit there? I, I think 20 under feels about right to me. And you know what, Matt, that's not the first web I've heard. Webb's like a hipster pick this week. I've heard a lot of, uh, I've heard a lot of web chatter. Uh, and I think it's because he hit the ball beautifully at the RSM. I think he gained like 10 strokes from T to green at the RSM. So yeah, I have no problem with Webb here. It seems kind of my issue with Webb in the past is that he was getting it done a lot with his short game and putter as the season kind of wore on, but it seems like the ball striking came back for him in, in a big way at the RSM. And obviously if Webb's hitting the ball, well, he's still one of the best putters around. So I, I love the Webb play. Let's take a peek here at the top of the odds board. I'm going to pull up the odds checker grid here. 
Um, good friend of mine. I put out a, a DraftKings piece for them. They've got Tom, Rick, Jeff. They all put out fantastic content on this website as well. Uh, Literally so the Avengers. A, a, a nice spot for <laughs> speaking of the heroes, right? A good spot for all of us to come together, put out some golf picks. But let's kind of focus. Let's hone in on these these top four, essentially. 10, 11 to 1 and under. Rory, Colin, JT, and Vic Hovland. Um, give me, give me sort of a pro take on one of them and maybe a little bit of, of, I'm going to steer clear of this guy on another one. So I'll give you the steer clear first is I, I think we need to pump the brakes just, just to touch on Rory. I, I think that I remember he led that tournament in Europe, which is like a perfect course for him, by the way, he could play that course blindfolded. Um, and and he, he shot like two good rounds in Europe and every, he became the master's favorite and everyone bet him to win the masters after two good rounds in Europe. And it's like, okay, like, I, I think, I think let's slow down just to touch on Rory. I'm not sure if he is, deserving of being a favorite over over Morikawa in this spot. So I'm probably going to steer clear of Rory if I'm looking at a lot of seven to ones and eight to ones, probably of this top four. And I did bet this on the plane. I was planning on taking this week off, but on the plane, knowing I was doing this with you, I, I settled in on Justin Thomas at 10 I to knew one. You were going there. Yeah. And, and listen, I don't, I haven't, I, I, I don't really have a beat on this week as much as I usually do, Joe, in terms of like what direction are people going? Like the, some of the people that I talk golf with, we haven't even talked this week. You know what I mean? So I don't, I don't really know where the wind is blowing with Justin Thomas. I haven't really gotten a chance to watch or listen to anything yet. I imagine that he would be popular given the fact that he tends to do well on coastal courses. He tends to do well on resort courses. I believe I had this stat, so I should remember it off the top of my head, but I don't. I think I want to say that like 11 out of his 14 wins came between the months of October and February. Um, And then this is, I'm going full narrative street with this one, Joe, which is really unlike me, but like he's tiger's best friends. I was going to say, is this a tiger thing? He's tighter with tiger than anyone here. And tiger said in that golf digest interview is like Justin Thomas's family to me. Man, that would that would be so sweet if JT could pull this one off. Yeah, no, it's very cool. I see a lot of reasons. Like my, so my pick, I'll go. I'll I'll take the other two guys. So my sort of steer clear guy is actually Morikawa, and the reason is like he just hasn't backed up his wins. And this is kind of a weird take, but if you look after a win, he hasn't played great. Some of his his initial missed cuts. Um, early on in his career where after wins, he just didn't perform very well. I don't know if there's actually something to that or if it's just sort of happenstance at this point in his career. Um, but I just feel like coming off, you know, he's he's at an all-time high, and I'm not willing to sort of buy the stock at that meter just yet, seeing that he hasn't played this event before either. Um, I will take another debutante, though, and, and I like Vic Hovland. I think he... I like him at 11 to one. I bet the 11 to one. I think that he's like, I see him like people give the, this, this whole thing of the best driver in the world, right. To Rory. It's just like, it's just Rory. I think it's Vic like at this point recently. 
Um, he's fifth in distance in the field. He's second in fairways gained. He's like first in good drives gained on fantasy national. He's essentially like his kryptonite. Andy was this, this slicey way, right miss. And he's really seemed to have kind of mitigated that to this point um, to a point where I think he's so confident off the tee. I love the fact that, um, you know, he obviously is, has performed really well in the Caribbean in the past. I like the fact that he's sort of young, was here early and motivated. And um, he's another guy I could feel, too, that would, that would love to sit there up there and, and take a, a trophy from Tiger. He was in the sort of the, the um, you know, the clubhouse at Augusta with him a few years ago being the low am. So I think that there's a certain affinity there. And, and I like Vic uh, at 11 to 1. So he's the lowest pick for me. Moving kind of along, unless you have another take there, to this sort of secondary range of names here in the mid-teens. I'll kind of go through the guys that I see here on Ozchecker. Bryson's 14 to 1. Spieth is the same number. Xander is 14 to 1. Sammy Burns is 16 to 1. Scheffler is 16 to 1. Finau is down to 16 to 1. I know I saw some love on Finau in like the 20s earlier. Um, Dan Berger at 18 to 1. Abe answer gets into 20 from there. Um, anything you like here, anything that you bet here? Wow. Fina. That's interesting. I was still able to find a, a 20 on uh Finau at one of my locals, but that was the guy that I went with. And, and again, I'm, it's hard to tell what I've seen some Sam Burns love. And I, I think that's very valid. I'm, I'm always going to look at Xander. Of course, I, I think with a guy like Sam Burns and, and, Hovland, as our, as our mutual friend Jeff likes to say, this would be a very good Hello World moment for one of those guys. I know it's not a tournament with, um, you know, it's not a full field tournament that's recognized by the PGA Tour or the FedEx Cup, but the only knock that we've seen on guys like Victor and Sam Burns has been, let's see you do it in majors. Let's see you do it against the best players in the world. And obviously now they're in this situation with 20 of the best guys in the world. So I think Burns is great. Um, I ended up going with Finau. I mean, again, this is more of a gut feel play, but he finished second here in his only appearance. I could see Finau kind of winning this type of event. I was of the, I was of the belief that, um, and I made this whole case a lot more eloquently with Xander at the Olympics, but I do really feel like with some of these guys that have had so many close calls, um, it getting that win was monumental for him. And, and it's kind of going to open up the lid for a guy that I believe is supremely talented and has underachieved so far in the PGA tour. So of this range, I went with Finau, but I could be talked into a couple other guys and, and listen in a 20 man field, your strategy is you're either making one giant bet at the top, maybe two smaller ones in this range, and maybe a dart with Reed or Henrik Stenson or something like that. But you kind of have to limit your exposure to not get super irresponsible. You know what I mean? Totally. Yes. Um, so I did the, I did that exact thing that you just mentioned. I bet two guys, and I'm thinking of considering a dart sort of at the bottom that we'll talk about in a minute. But my second play is Xander. Um, wow. and it really has wasn't nothing. ready for this. <laughs> it, I, so I know you're a big Xander guy. I never bet Xander and it's not cause I don't like him. So I was on Nagels early on with like Nagels and I had the year that tiger won the masters. Um, I had, I think like seven 
a, a, I had bet it so many times, but my bookie at the time was hanging a hundred to one on Xander to win the masters when he was like 60, 50 to one everywhere else. I bet it so many times. I don't even remember. He obviously came in. What did finish he finish second? Finish second. Yeah. I know yeah. that it was such a sweat down the stretch. It would have been a monumental, like biggest career win of my life by like five X if that had happened. And ever since then, like I just struggle with, I love him. I love his game. I want to root for him, but I struggle in terms of feeling value in the odds that I'm getting on Xander relative to the field. I feel like I'm, I'm finally getting that here this week, 14 to one in a 20 man field. Um, he's one of the best players in the world. The thing that I've seen, and you know Xander more than anyone, but what I saw sort of late is he looked to be tinkering a little bit with the driver. I don't know if he was testing out different versions of the Maverick or the Callaway or whatever it was, but he was missing. Like He's missing the fairways a lot. He's plenty long, um, but I, I just feel like the wider-than-normal fairways, maybe a little less pressure, basically no pressure coming in here. Just go out there and have fun. I know that he doesn't have Austin this week. Um, he's, he's down there, I believe with Max Homa's caddy, but I just feel like the number on him, you know, pricing Xander with Burns, Scheffler, Spieth, Bryson, even to some degree is, is not the right range for him. Um, he's a level above in terms of playing caliber than the rest of those guys. And I just feel like it's, it's time to jump on it this week. And of course, the sort of no cut narrative, while I don't love the take, there has to be something to it, right? I mean, the guy, like, like I don't, I feel like it's sort of tired because everyone mentions it and a little played out. But if there is ever anything to sort of, if I'm at the edge to, to give me the final little shove into betting Xander, it's got to be that in a week with only 20 guys in the field. Well, first of all, Joe, I just want to say you're, you're tugging at my heartstrings and I'm extremely impressed. I'm extremely impressed with the in-depth nature of the Xander stuff you're bringing. You are correct. He has been struggling a lot with his driver. He has been tinkering. He specifically at, um, Kasum, uh, no, that was the Olympic course, the Zozo. The yeah. Zozo, when he was seven to one, by the way. So you want to yeah. talk about value. Um, he was really struggling with the driver there. He couldn't keep it on the planet. Um, and I know that he mentioned something about getting it switched. I presume that there's been enough time. He was using a different shaft or something. I presume that there's been enough time that he probably has that squared away. He actually played in a charity match uh, a couple I watched the live stream, right? Yeah. And in San Diego at Goat Hill, I watched the live stream like a crazy person that was with Hickory Club. So um, you can't really draw much from that. But I do think that this is a good I mean, he's such a well-rounded player. What isn't a good course for him? But I do like him in this spot. And um, you mentioned Austin as well. Good, good find on you. Austin is sick. So get better, Austin. But he's he's great friends with Max Homa and Max Homa's caddy is fantastic as well. So I'm not too concerned about that whatsoever. You're the funny thing. I'll share a quick story about the no cut thing. So yeah. I have yeah. a I have a group chat with um Nagels and Chris Powers from Golf Digest, where we talk a lot of shit and it's mostly about football. And Chris actually went to, uh, I I want to say it was the CJ Cup and yeah. got a chance to ask Xander questions. And Nagel said, can you please ask him about the no cut thing? 
And Chris is like, sure, I got you. And he actually did. And Xander was like, yeah, I actually think that it does. Because, you know, Nagel's the king of it's a stupid narrative. And Xander was actually like, yeah, I think that it kind of does help me a little bit knowing that I have four days. And Nagel's was like, fuck that, man. That's not the answer I'm looking for. Can we go back to the drawing board and can you frame the question differently? Because that's not the response I wanted to get out of you. I love it. Um, yeah, so I bet Xander, you bet Finau at basically the same number as a huge Xander stand. I I don't know. I hope it works out for you. Well, you got to 20 to 1 on Finau. So there's a big jump there. At 16 to 1 um, versus 14 to 1, I think Xander holds holds a good bit more upside. What about like any of these? Like we talked about Webb earlier, um, answers down here, but these, like, there's some guys at the bottom here. Like, I've, Anything on Brooks? I mean, he played fan like he was awesome. The irons were great. He was putting great. Like, if there's anything, okay. So I, I'm I didn't bet Brooks. I'll start there, and I'm a huge Brooks homer. I I feel like I know better in a sense to think that after that, um, uh, this is my major against Bryson that he's going to show up here to the hero and quote unquote care. Um, but at the same token. I know what fills this guy's gas tank and it's confidence and he runs off the stuff. He feeds off of it. And that had to give him some confidence to go out there and not only win as an underdog against Bryson, but essentially kick his ass. Like they, they didn't even make it to the end of the ninth hole. Um, like he's, I'm sure he enjoyed himself plenty in Vegas um, he's down there though. It's, it's heavy Bermuda grass. It's grainy surfaces. It's gettable par fives. And he's 25 to one in a 20 man field. Is there any reason to bet Brooks here? I don't think so. And I mean, yeah. I, I think we, we have got you for a way longer time than I, and, and me recently. So with the fall spring where we we've kind of gotten this rap as, as backing Brooks every week at every, at whatever the number is. And, and I, I honestly, like, I liked the spots for Brooks in certain specific situations. I'm not really the type of guy that believes in, Oh, this guy's an automatic auto bet at certain numbers. I think you're probably going to hear a lot of Patrick Reed talk for that same reason, but I think golf is just too nuanced of a sport and context matters with Brooks. I'll push back just a touch on the him playing well at the match. I didn't love it. Um, I thought both players played pretty horrifically. Um, he did. He would. He he did hit a couple good iron shots, as you mentioned. But his driver, um, they were not keeping it on the planet. I mean, Max Homa had a great tweet about def- what are fairways like? Asking yeah. for a friend, like because it was such a joke of a course and. Um, he was still fighting that two-way mess that plagued him a lot during the fall, right. Joe, that I, that I was really worried about where you saw in the match, his first couple of drives, he seemed to overcut it just a little bit and kind of it, it bled way too much right. And after a couple of times of doing that, he overcompensates and hits the low hook left. And on this course, you're probably going to be able to get away with that a little bit more than you would on some other courses. But I agree with you. I think with the motivation factor, that was big for him. I I thought that was an easy bet. Um, (laughs) I I know it's easy to say that after the facts, but um, I really thought he looked at that as his 
um, Super Bowl as as kind of a major S type thing for him, where he just wanted to really kick that guy's ass. And I, I could see him kind of taking his foot off the pedal this week. A couple of darts that I've seen here, um, Andy, right around this 28 to 30 range. Seen some love, obviously, for Patrick Reed. I know there was originally some bigger numbers out there. Um, seen a couple people, a couple of my fellow Avengers over at Odds Checker, Rick and Tom on Justin Rose this week. If I were going to throw a dart, I have a little bit of interest in Terrell Hatton. Any of those three or really anyone down here, um, you know, worthy of a couple bucks to try and get in in a 20 man field. Yeah, Rose is Rose is trendy. I've seen the Rose thing a little bit. I, I understand it too. I mean, he's been playing a lot better than people think. Leslie, not forget, he was I think one or two strokes out uh, out of a playoff at the Wyndham. He played. It's not going to show up in Fantasy National or anything, but he also finished two strokes back at the European BMW PGA this fall as well. And he also made. I remember writing a piece about uh, for my previous employer about he he actually went on a podcast in the UK or something like that and talked about how um, crushed he was for not making the Ryder cup team and that he wasn't going to let that happen again. And um, we've seen his play kind of pick up the last couple of weeks. Uh, So I I understand the Rose thing. I I understand the Reed thing as well. Reed's actually played really well at this course also. So I think that's something to touch on. I think a lot of people tend to think of Reed as a better player on, on harder courses, but I mean, he, he, he's sneaky good on some of these easy ones too, but I probably Reed would probably be my favorite of this group. I, I always like Hatton as well. Um, but I, I'm kind of keeping it tight this week. I, I think when you, you know, when you're betting a guy at 10 to one and you're throwing another bet on a guy at 20 to one, yeah, sure. There's room for a 50 guy, but I'd, I'd rather kind of save that exposure for, for bigger payouts on my top dogs. Yeah, I think that's the move. Um, it's just sort of a little bit of a last hurrah moment. And it kind of feels of like 2021 of like, you know, you're not going to have a tournament <laughs> next week. I know we have the team event, but it, it almost feels like it, it's trying to pull you in a little bit to bet more. Uh, but I think that you're right. Two guys in a 20 man field holding 10% of the field um, at decent odds is, is probably the right move. And to extend beyond that, um, it's probably not right. I see some love for Reed. I know that Rose, I believe, is a member there and lives like has a has a home in the Bahamas. That he stays You're right. At, I saw that. You're absolutely right. As well. So he should be as familiar with the course as anybody in the field. Um, and, you know, par five scoring. The, 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 he's generally really good there. So, I, I, you know, it makes some sense at 28 to one. Anytime that Tom and Rick is on someone, um, it definitely uh, piques my attention a little bit. Uh, nothing on Stenson, 80 to one. He can't play Stenson, right? I mean, if you want to throw a couple bucks on Stenson, he's 80 to one now. Yeah. I mean, if you 80 want to... to one, it looks like, I believe this is that, uh, points bet. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to throw a couple bucks on Stenson at 81, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. Even some of these guys, like I, Playing, I've seen some people play the top 10 market this week, which is just so it's such a strange thing to think about this week. But yeah, I mean, if you want to throw like a top 10 on Stenson to kind of beat 50% of the field at a course that he's played great at, I, I don't have a problem with that. But no, I'm kind of all in on my two top dogs this week. I love it, man. Listen, I, uh, I appreciate you for. Uh, traveling all day back from Florida to New York and, and joining us on the show. 
Um, it was a pleasure having you. It was great to play with you as well. Thank you, man. Joe, of course, dude. Anytime I already mentioned to you when I was, uh, when I was with you in person, I'm going to get you back on in January. Once we get, uh, once we get back rolling with, with the real season, I want to save you for a real event. Um, and, uh, I, we got to play again, man, because we, we, like I said, that was lightning in a bottle. We channeled something special there for four hours on Sunday morning. And I, I don't know if the rest of the golf world is ready for it. You got it, my man. Thank you. Uh, thank you to you guys for checking out the show this week. Um, I appreciate you. Enjoy the rest of your December. Enjoy the rest of your 2021. Andy, thanks again, pal. We'll be back with preferred lines at the Sony. See you, gang.